Hi, I want to welcome you to Raising Playful Tots. My name is Melitza. I hope this show is a place where mothers like you can safely explore a slower, simpler and playful lifestyle so that you can get to the heart of what your family needs to thrive, both now and in the years to come. Well, hello, and it's good to be back. Today, we've got a back-to-school edition for the parents. Going back to school isn't just for the kids. We have to prepare ourselves as parents for the upcoming school year with our mindset. This show is all about our parenting mindset today because it's often neglected in the big run-up to back-to-school. Why? Well, there's so much stuff to do and buy and get and be that we can just get swept along in doing all these things for the kids and we don't think about what we need to bring to the table as parents. So we're taking a bit of time out to think, rethink and decide some things we're going to do and things that we're going to try and drop. I want to start with a quote that sometimes sums up our feelings partway through the school year. Being negative makes a difficult journey more difficult. You might be given a cactus, but you don't have to sit on it. Okay, I have a few points that I wanted to raise today for us to share. I know not everybody will be going back to school right now, but this is something that you can do in the run-up to going back to school, in the first few weeks of being back at school, or just something that you can do during the school year to consider and change the way that you're doing things. So there's always a good time to be able to do this type of reflection. The first thing that I'm going to look at, it's a back to school list for parents, is number one, don't sign up for everything. The first thing is don't sign up for everything. With three children, I get a stack of papers encouraging participation and enrollment in lots of activities and opportunities. What I would love to do is weigh these up with what we want for family life this year. What do we really need? Elementary children only. That is a very different group of children than if you have children in two or more different schools. What was your timetable like last year? If you look back and think about what it was like, did you feel like you were rushing or was it the right mix? You feel that everything worked the way you would like. Did you honour your needs? Did you honour your family needs? Did you honour their needs? Number two, schedule downtime and connection time with each child every day. Schedule downtime and connection time with each child every day. If you look over what you've done previously, do you see the type of interaction you want and what they might need? Now, this isn't a cumulative thing where you can say, well, I've spent 500 minutes with this first child and I've spent 900 minutes with this second child. So the first child got missed out. Um, Every child needs a different amount of time and you really know your own children to how much time that they need. They just need some time. And once you start looking at what you're doing 
you probably want to do some more. And that's the point. It's not meant to be a cumulative total that you're competing with the children or that you're trying to equalize the time. You know, there lies madness, I think, if we're doing something like that. You can't, you can't do equal and neither should you. But if we actually look at what we're doing, we might realize that we're not doing as much as we should do, especially if we have certain ages of children or certain amounts of children. Some children get missed in the shuffle because of the way life goes. So this is a great way of scheduling downtime. First of all, you have to look at what you were doing and what you have been doing and then see what the needs are for your children. Some of the acting out and the bad behavior might be attention seeking and show us that we actually need more connection, doing the right types of things than getting the attention for the wrong. If your children are on different buses, there might be the time then when you can use some children and do some downtime, connection time type things with one child or set of children. And then when the other children come home, the same thing. Same thing if you're in different schools, you can stagger the timings for when you speak to each child, depending on when they come home. Hanging out in different rooms. Sometimes the children are home all at once and it's difficult to be able to get out, especially if you have younger children. So going out to hang out in each of their rooms separately is a good way that you can schedule downtime and connection time with your child. Just time where it's just one-on-one, -on -one, you and your child. Perhaps taking time for a walk, actually going for a walk. Now, when you say going for a walk, I know lots of people always think, oh, it has to be up some moor or in a valley or down a mountain, and it has to be hours and hours and you have to drive somewhere. Our best conversations we've had just walking in the neighborhood, just going for a walk in a loop that's taken five minutes or 10 minutes, um, walking around in a circle. So going for a walk doesn't have to be a really big um, adventure. It can be just something that takes five minutes or so to be able to do. We have clubs and activities that we often do after school with one or more of the children. Sometimes they're there by themselves. Sometimes we take the opportunity to do, to do things for ourselves. This is a great time to be able to spend time with one of the other children or two of the other children while the other one is doing their um, club and activity. So scheduling downtime and connection time with each, with each child has many, many benefits. It's a time when it's just you and them, where you don't have to say very much and they might fill that space with conversation. Just having the opportunity to be able to say something is something that children absolutely love. That security of knowing that at some point I will be able to speak to mum or dad by myself with whatever I want to share. Another place that you can do that is bedtime conversations. As the children get older, some parents move away from um, tucking their children in at bed and the bedtime routine starts to change, but that is also a natural place to be able to have quality time, downtime, connection time with your children. Get creative so that they come to know that this is something that you both want. As they get older, there is that natural pulling away. However, the best conversations happen when there's just time and space. So that's up to us to try and 
make sure that that happens. An added benefit is as each child gets that time, the other children see and respect that time as they know how precious it is to both of you. Often I hear parents um, say that when they try and have special time with one child, the other children will get jealous and we don't always get time to do it with everyone. When you have um, more and more children, this is something that they all can learn to respect and understand as long as it can cycle through all of the children in the family. They will all have those precious moments when they spend time with you in connection. That, that is the key, having a regular time, not necessarily regular when you have it or how you have it, but is regularly having time. Five minutes here is much better than scheduling a 20 minutes or half an hour and then not being able to do it because things come up, because things do just come up. But just them knowing that you will come in and spend that time with them is great. So scheduling downtime and connection time with each child every day. There is so much that you learn from each child when you can have that time, when they're not with their siblings, when they've had time to digest the day and they really want to share something that's really impressed them that day. Number three. Making playing outdoors a habit. Forget the seasons, predict and adapt. With the pull of screens, contributions and the lack of time at home, many families are struggling to encourage their children to play outside. Never mind if you live in a hot climate, then outdoor play is a little different and perhaps not as available. Adding to it the list of things to do when you get home from school or your timetable that you have it really needs to be part of your day. Sometimes families, as families, we live in areas where it's not as safe for us to play outside as it once was. So we're happier when they're inside. Once playing outside is established as a habit, it probably won't need to go on a schedule. But until then, some families have found it useful to be able to add it to their schedule of you need to go outside and spend some time. Experiment with different outdoor activities from group activities to individual things that they can do. Some children enjoy playing with others really well and some like to do some of the solitary activities and ideas. Being outdoors and using those large muscle groups helps with learning. So being able to go and play outside and run around and do that heavy large muscle work and then coming in to do homework is really beneficial for everyone they need to move around a lot more than they do. I have a middle schooler and in his school there is no recess at all. From the time he comes into school, he moves from lesson to lesson and goes to lunch and then goes back to lessons and lessons and then he comes home. There is no running around unless it's a PE activity um, which is on a rotational basis. I don't know when they get to go outside unless it's for organized sports which happens um, in the morning, he tries to do some movement activities so that he is ready to be able to face the day. He's trying to shave that mile down and once home from school, he'll do some outdoor activities as well. So that's something that you, it doesn't have to be big. 
it can be something small to get you going and to get started. Uh, my son chooses to go in the morning and do something. He doesn't do it all the time, but he chooses to wake his um, large muscles up and get active and moving then. And he tries to do something in the afternoon as well. That came about because we sat down and made a plan together and he came up with some ideas to try. Um, and it was his problem and this is the way that he felt that he can solve it. So this is a, a starting point. We've been trying this now for about a week and he's been out a couple of times. So I'm sure he'll be revising this idea and trying to do something a little bit more. Number four, not everyone is doing it. It might look like it, but they aren't. It's okay to be different. So I love this one because so many times we feel the pressure to do what everybody else is doing because we see what they're doing when we're at the swimming pool or at the club or when we're at the parent orientation at school and we hear the conversations. It's very easy for us to think, oh no, everybody else is doing that. Everybody's enrolled in this. Everybody else is doing this and that. And it can feel really like a competition. There are lots of parents that are doing other things, but they don't feel able to be able to say it. So when we're looking at our mindset for going back to school, this is somewhere where we need to be really strong. Um, flexible in the sense that we can hear things and uh, decide what works best for our family. But we also need to be resolute in being able to keep the boundaries and hold the space for our children. Because not everyone is doing it. Not everybody's going on summer holidays and um, having um, amazing overseas trips. Not everybody is in a musical class and a sports class and um, an academic class. Not everybody is doing all of those things. So it's, it's getting our mindset around to knowing what we think is good for our family. And that involves having a conversation with our kids about what they would like to do with our partners about what we feel that the family should be doing and working together to kind of move through the best thing that's gonna work for all of us in the family. I think the hardest thing is that many of these commitments are asking for a year's commitment and two or three times a week, if not daily during the week for them to come and, and commit. And then you add in three or four children into that mix, it can mean that you, your life is just not your own anymore. You're going here, there and everywhere, kind of going crazy doing all these different things. So this is something that you kind of have to find your family level. How many activities with how many kids? Maybe your 10 year old can do multiple activities. Maybe they can't. Maybe your eight year old can, maybe they can't. Maybe your four-year-old should, maybe they shouldn't. Maybe your 14-year-old can, but maybe they shouldn't. There's lots of things that we have to kind of weigh up and think about before we get um, seduced by all of the great activities that are out there. Number five, have play dates and dinners with new mates. Expand your circle. And we travel a lot and we've lived in a few different places and I have to say that I had to put that one in there because 
It's so hard when you move into a new community as your children get older to make new friends. There will always be friendship groups that have started from preschool and gone through and even earlier that they had their children together in the same hospital or they went to the same playgroups and they've known each other for a very long time. We've lived in neighborhoods where the, the neighborhood children are really tight. They know each other really well. And so new families that come in find it really difficult to be able to join in. We don't know the mum very well or the dad very well. And so it can be difficult to know if it's okay to go around their house or not go around their house. So having play dates and dinners with new mates, take that chance. Expand your circle. Sometimes we are quick to stay with what we know. I mean, don't take unnecessary risks, but reach out to different people and don't be afraid to enjoy the new conversations that you can be having about lots and lots of different things. So I would really encourage you this year to look in your classroom. Those children that are going to school, there'll probably be new kids that are there. You know, extend an offer to go do something, go to the park together, get to know them. You know, parents would be really happy to be able to do that. Even as children get older, it's not going to be play dates. They're not going to call it quite that way. But being able to connect on other devices like Skype or maybe they're connecting playing games of some sort. These are ways that children want to connect with each other and families can do too. Of course, it depends on your family way of doing things. But as children get older, often the way that they connect with their friends are in those ways. And that's the way, as parents, we can connect with those parents too, is by seeing the conversations that are going on between the children. Number six, learn new skills, go out, let the kids see you differently. And whether you work, in the home, outside of the home, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whether you work part-time or full-time outside the home, there are many things I'm sure that you love to do before kids. Now that you have children around, your options have changed, they've shifted. There are things that you do now because you've chosen to do it and there's some things that, well, this is just the way it has to be right now. There is no reason that you can't learn some new skills, those things that you want to do. There's online activities, there's classes locally in the environment, there's books and podcasts and videos that you can really get into and be able to do. There's friends that can share with you. So really, there is an opportunity for you to think further than just the children, but to create this family haven that includes yourself that you can go and learn some new skills. For you to go out, maybe that means getting a babysitter and teaching some of the older children how to care for the younger children or getting a babysitter from the, the local area and finding out how that works. Our children see us in one way, but they can see you differently. They can see you learning and trying and fixing and making mistakes and that changes the way that they view us and it changes the way that they do life as well. When they see that learning is continuous and not just something that you stop at 
um, once you've finished school. Number seven, take it easy on yourself. When systems, routines and ideas fail, pick yourself up and try again. And I have a little caveat here that chocolate is not the answer because <laughs> that's something that is just for me. Or maybe you too. So this is a, a really important one. I've gone through seven things that can really help shape your mindset for the back to school time. But I don't want them to be rules that you beat yourself with and think, oh, I don't do that and I've forgotten to do that and I've never done that. And, you know, that's, that's really not what this show is all about. This is nothing of how we do things here. Take it easy on yourself. You've set your standards, you've set your rules, you've set your ideals. They shift and they change because our children shift and change. If you haven't looked at your systems and your routines and your rhythms recently, then now might be the time to kind of dust them off and start thinking about them. You know, that morning run, how everybody gets ready in the morning and leaves, how the contributions are distributed and how it's done. Maybe amongst the partners themselves, maybe you've returned to work and everything is still the same. You're still doing the lion's share and you want to renegotiate the contributions with your partner. Maybe you don't have a routine at home for what happens when the kids come home from school and there's always a fight or an argument because nobody knows what they should be doing and they're just so excited to see each other. Maybe you haven't decided what you want to do about media and you've been dabbling with some ideas about it, but you've not kind of come up with a concrete idea and you think, you know, I really don't like when they do this, but I like it when they do that. So you can actually start to formulate a routine, an idea, a plan that you want to have. There must have been things that have failed, things that you really wanted to do. I know um, in our family we have said that media is not to go on during the week at all. It's always going to be um, homework and other things first. And then we got addicted to the great food truck race and we got addicted to another food program, um, uh, the great British Bake Off. And then we got addicted to um, another one. And so that kind of went by the wayside um, for a little while. And we were like, okay, they were glitches is how we said. Um, they were things that we wanted to do, but we really don't want to be watching the TV all the time um, in our home. At the time, those are things that we like to do, but that's okay. It didn't work well for us then, but now we're right back on track and we've decided, you know, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it every now and again and not let it consume us and do it all with us. And so far, so good. We, you pick yourself up and you try again. Part of the mindset work that we're doing in today's show is showing our children that not everything is easy but we should continue to try and pick ourselves up and try again when things don't work out. As our children are aging and growing and getting bigger, 
we tend to do the same things year on year. If you can have a plan to adjust and change things, that would be really good. So if you have a middle schooler, the same activities that you were doing when you're six, of course he shouldn't or she shouldn't be doing that. But often we set things and forget things. Whereas we should be thinking about how we can change things. Are there life skills that we should be doing or we could be doing? Are there new things that they need to be doing? And we need to listen, really listen to what our children are saying to us. Are they acting out more than normal? Is it because they're overwhelmed? Do we have to hold that space for them? Is there time for them to decompress after a day at school or are they shuffled from one place to another? Are we trialing activities or are we completely making commitments to things and then feeling terrible if we want to back out of them? So these are all very, very personal questions that only you can answer in your family. So I hope you get a chance to go through the seven ideas that we had here. Don't sign up for everything. Schedule downtime and connection time with each child every day. Make playing outdoors a habit. Forget the seasons, predict and adapt. Not everyone is doing it. It might look like it, but they aren't. It's okay to be different. Have play dates and dinners with new mates. Expand your circle. Learn new skills. Go out. Let the kids see you differently. Take it easy on yourself. When systems, routines and ideal ideas fail, pick yourself up and try again. So now it's your turn. When we look at our parenting mindset for our back to school time, what helps you to be able to survive and thrive all the way through the school year? Use the hashtag creatingfamilyhaven on Twitter and Instagram to talk about this episode or share your ideas in the Facebook group. Thanks for being here today. I know there are many things that you could be doing right now and I'm glad you've chosen to be here today. I hope something I've said has triggered you to investigate something more and help you make a decision for your wonderful family. Don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. I know it seems like a small thing, but it's one of the best ways as it helps new people find the show. Show notes for today's show with links will be at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 193. While you're there, you can get the fortnightly Raising Playful Tots note that has some encouragement and ideas on our journey of intentional, simple parenting and simple play. I'll see you again next time. You've been listening to Raising Playful Tots, show number 193. Come over and play next week. Until then, find time for some unplugged play and intentional parenting. Join with me each week as we share, learn and laugh together about making the most of creating our family haven. Goodbye.